2: KJ Podcast, my people. Hope everyone's having a great start to their April. The sun is shining. Weather's warming up. NFL Draft Talk is about to get serious. We're going to have Chris Biederman on the show today. Niners Wire. USA Today. I think the best draft expert covering the 49ers. I released my big board on Twitter Monday. Harold Landry at 1. I think the Boston College pass rusher becomes a Cam Wake Speed guy and is one of the upper echelon pass rushers for many years to come. Some team is going to love getting Harold Landry. Denzel Ward, he's not a scheme fit for the 49ers at outside corner. I still think he's a number one corner. I still think you can teach him to play in this scheme. He's second for me. Derwin James, absolutely explosive player, playmaker. Roquan Smith, I would understand the pick. I have him at four. And then, I I don't know about Minka. I think he's a slot corner, potentially a strong safety. I think he's great around the line of scrimmage. We're going to get into all of this Chris Biederman, Niners Wire. Really wide-ranging discussion about draft prospects, Kyle Shanahan's strategies, and who is going to end up in San Francisco. KJ Podcast, we have, I would call him the 49ers draft expert out of all the guys in that media room. Nobody knows the draft like Chris Biederman. Going to go back and forth today. Chris, what's going on, man?
1: Not much, Kevin. How you doing?
2: Fantastic, bro. Thanks for taking the time. It's officially April. You penned a nice little Easter piece for everyone on Harold Landry, why he fits the 49ers. I agree with you, and I feel like we are in the minority in the fan base. They want Roquan Smith. They would love Mika Fitzpatrick to fall. Your best argument, Chris, why Harold Landry's not a reach at nine, why he's the best pick for the 49ers.
1: Well, I think if he would have come out after his junior season when he had 16 and a half sacks and 22 tackles for loss and seven forced fumbles, I think he probably would have been a top five pick. And he might have even been the 49ers' pick at, at two or three. You know, people look at what happened to him last year, and and he had the ankle injury. Um, I just think projecting forward, if if you're drafting based on what you think he's going to be, then I don't think it's a reach. If if you're drafting solely based on draft stock and conversations and what's happening, you know, leading up to the draft and and his production on last season, then yeah, may, maybe number nine is is a little rich, but just given how difficult it is to find that elite pass rusher and the 49ers obviously found out in free agency as they seemingly do every year because all the best pass rushers are always given the franchise tag and they never hit the open market. And when they do, you have to shell out, you know, 50, 60 million guarantees. Um, so I think if you think, you have a pass rusher in the first round that can be a double-digit sack guy, even if he's not an every-down player. It's it's such a valuable spot, and it can change a defense so dramatically. And I think you know, going back to 2010 before Alden Smith was drafted in 2011, you look at you know the Niners were in sort of a similar spot. They had good linebackers. They had Patrick Willis but really the missing key of the pass defense was was an edge defender and then they got Alden Smith and and the the defense went from being <clears throat> pretty solid to to elite um just because they could bother the quarterback so i think just 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 looking at where the 49ers struggle on defense i think the biggest key is is addressing that edge pass rusher and i don't know that there's another one as good as as Landry particularly for their scheme in, in this draft class
2: First of all, who's advising Harold Landry to come back after 16 and a half sacks, 44 hurries, your tape is stacking up with Miles Garrett. Um, Whoever advised him is throwing a little wrench in his situation, but I think someone is going to pull the trigger, and I don't think it's crazy that someone jumps ahead of the 49ers at 7 or 8 to get Harold Landry because there's no edge rushers in free agency, as Chris has said. Uh, Jerry Atachu, it's not enough. If you don't have this position, the signing of Richard Sherman might not matter. All these defensive overhauls. This is the the problem, Chris, where I see they may cross Harold Landry off the list is Solomon Thomas. They want to give him another chance at Leo. It was his rookie season. He missed all of OTAs. Let's get him back in there. I don't think he's an edge rusher. I think he's a situational edge player and is good on the edge against the run, maybe on first down. But I, I'd like to see him play inside, and, I mean, who knows what that pick's going to end up being. Basically, they can't screw up this pick, and it really has to be defense. I'm just scared that John Lynch is going to say, hey, we need to give Solomon Thomas time. Let, let, let's take another position.
1: Yeah, but I, I think he's going to – it seems like he's going to be playing and on the other side. So even if even if the team is committed to playing Solomon Thomas – on the edge, they still have the other edge to worry about, and uh, and Harold Landry actually spent most of of last season lining up against right tackles on the left side of the defense. So, um, I mean, see, they, they could they could have both of those guys on the edge if they really wanted to. I I agree with you in that I think Solomon Thomas is best as a as an interior pass rusher, similar to the way the Seahawks use Michael Bennett. But when I look at Landry, I think of Cliff Averill, who came in with basically the same exact measurables. Um, as Landry, so yeah, I, I think you could still, even with Solomon Thomas, even after drafting, you know, along the defensive line in the first round, the last three drafts, Landry is such a different player, um, and gives them a unique skill set to those guys they already have that, that I think it would be worth the pick. Um, it's not like, you know, it's not like he's going to be lining up on the same, same position. And, and the 49ers had you know, thirty sacks last year and they were terrible on third down. And and the the best yeah. way to solve those issues on third down is to make the quarterback uncomfortable and, and get him to the ground far more often. Um and that's what I think Landry could bring this to.
2: Yeah, Chris, they didn't even bring back Elvis Doomerville, who had six and a half sacks, who was a serviceable player. This pass rushing situation is reminding me of cornerback last year. When Tremaine Brock left, they really never fixed it. Dante Johnson was left hanging out to dry. He's not ready to be a starter in the league. This could be that type of situation if they go with Minka Fitzpatrick or they go another position. We're going to get to more players here. But, yeah, I see Harold Landry with the quick burst. They call it get off the coaching staffs in the NFL. You watch the the film in slow motion. Harold Landry is my pick. I think that's what Chris is pining for, too. We still have four weeks left. There's going to be a lot of chatter. People are locking in their picks. Let's just go to Minka right now. I think he's a slot corner and he's really disruptive in screen games and bubble screens, and he's physical around the line of scrimmage. He seems kind of like a linebacker. I guess in, he would be the Cam Chancellor, the Jaquiski Tart in this type of scheme. Um, you could play him in that type of safety. I don't know if he has elite cover skills. He just seems kind of like a tool. If it was Minka Fitzpatrick at nine, what would be your reaction? How do you think he would fit?
1: I think he's he's really uh, essentially plays the same positions as Jimmy Ward. I think you could play him at free safety and, and slot cornerback. I don't think he, he's tall enough or has, has the long enough arms to play outside corner. Um, but I think he would be a good player. You, you look at the, the the safety situation, and you, you could say this about Derwin James, too. I mean, Jaquasi Tart and and Jimmy Ward are both entering the last year of their contracts. So at some point, they either need to, to sign those guys to extensions or start thinking about the future. And if they think Fitzpatrick is the best player on their board and they look at the future and say, we, we're going to have a hole at one of the safety spots or at slot corner, uh, then you could pull the trigger. I, I think it would be interesting to – I think Jimmy Ward's going to end up playing a lot of slot corner this year. Um, assuming Richard Sherman's healthy, I think that's sort of what the team is preparing for, with Adrian Colbert and and how well he played at free safety. Um, but if you have Mika Fitzpatrick, then maybe you can get creative and and you could play Mika Fitzpatrick in the slot, or you can play him at uh, free safety and and keep Adrian Colbert as your third safety. Um, there there are a bunch of different ways you can do it. I think I think Fitzpatrick is a really good player, but I think. Given the, the given the scheme of 49ers run, it's it sort of limits his versatility to to the slot and and free safety spots. I think maybe he could play strong safety, and you could absolutely use him in in those three safety sets they like to use in, in dime packages on third down. But I don't know that he's big enough to be an every down strong safety like Cam Chancellor and with with the Seahawks. That that I think is that I think is Derwin James for sure.
2: Yeah, Minka was a little weak at the combine, not a lot of bench pressing. I think he's going to be there at nine. And I've been against Roquan Smith, but the more I look at this roster, and we don't have to even get into Ruben Foster. We know that he's – you can't count on him going forward. So inside linebacker is a huge need. Listen, I love Brock Coyle. You need those guys in the locker room. Like, look, he's earned his playing time. We're we're not just going to hand it to people. I, I think he brings value to the roster. I don't think he's a starter every week. Then I think the run game's a problem, middle of the field. I would prefer Roquan over Minka Fitzpatrick. Um if he was if he's the pick at nine, Chris, your thoughts and his fit?
1: Yeah, I think he would be a great fit whether uh, regardless of Foster's status, just because, you know, Malcolm Smith, his his guaranteed money and his contract runs out after next season. So if you have a replacement, you can move on from him and then you could pretty easily make Roquan Smith, your starter, and you you just look at, you know, the trends of the NFL and all these linebackers coming in who are super athletic. They're not the 250-pound thumpers anymore. They're, you know, they're the athletic 225, 235-pound guys, and that's exactly where Roquan Smith is. And Shanahan knows about the value of those type of linebackers because he had Deion Jones with Atlanta, who who became, you know, sort of a star linebacker, particularly in pass coverage, just given his athleticism. And I think Jones is a pretty good comparison to Roquan Smith. So, you know, if if you have Reuben Foster, then you have Roquan Smith and Reuben Foster, and you're looking at a really good tandem that you can keep on the field at all three downs instead of maybe having to bring in that three safety on third down or that third safety on third down. So having that pairing could be really good for them. And And I would totally understand the pick, but I still think, just inherently there's more value at if you have a if you can find a good edge rusher, that's a more valuable position. And I think there are other linebackers in the draft too.
2: Exactly. You can find an inside linebacker in the third or fourth round who's a damn good serviceable starter that you do pull off the field that you're okay highlighting other players. Two years in a row at inside linebacker, I feel like you're you're wasting value here. It's becoming like John, let you understand like You have a lot of major holes, and you might just might not be able to fill them in the draft. I don't see pass rushers. You just don't see them in the third, fourth, fifth round coming in and being stars. It's a random occurrence. You normally have to allocate high funds. So is there any chance they go offense, Chris? Could they stun us all that they were leaking information that we thought these were going to be the player's let's say Quentin Nelson's off the board, but they do go Cortland Sutton or just a receiver that like Kyle's like, this is going to be our number one. We we have to pull the trigger now. So
1: I, I did a, a piece for the athletic looking at the, the draft history of Kyle Shanahan's teams. And what I found was really interesting. Those teams that he's been a coordinator for dating back to Houston, 2008, he'd never drafted a linebacker, sorry, a receiver or running back. Or a tight end before round three, and the only play, the only offensive players Kyle Shanahan's teams have drafted in the first round have either been tackles or quarterbacks. Um, so, I don't know that that necessarily rules out Cortland Sutton. They might really like him. Um, I thought his combine was super impressive, particularly at his size and his three cone. Uh, his three cone drill was, I think, it was like six. Five or something like that, which is crazy for receivers six three and almost two hundred and twenty pounds. Um, but no, I think if if they go offense, the the only thing that would make sense to me is maybe you know if they trade back and and they really like Connor Williams at the tech the tackle out of Texas. um and maybe if they think he can play guard and provide an upgrade there in the meantime before eventually replacing you know Joe Staley, who's going to be thirty four this year, Trent Brown, who's unsigned beyond the season. Um, that's the only scenario that I see playing out because I think Williams has the requisite athleticism to be uh, to play guard more so than Quentin Nelson. Um, I know Nelson is a really good athlete, particularly for his size, and he's incredibly mobile, but the question I have about him, if he's available at nine, and I don't think he will be, but is that mobility going to hold up throughout his career? You remember Mikey Potty was super mobile when he came into the league. And a few years later, he can barely move because of all the injuries he's had. And just, you know, you, I don't know that you can bank on that mobility. And, and we know how much Shanahan values mobility along interior linemen. So if you get a tackle like Connor Williams, just because he's a tackle, um, I think he has that athleticism. He's about 25 pounds lighter than Quentin Nelson. So he can he can do those things. Um, but, yeah, if, if they go offense in round one, I think it's a tackle.
2: It's you're bringing up a good point. Like secondary is a need because of Jakwisky Tart's contract, Jimmy Ward's contract, Joe Staley tackle. Like it could be a position where this guy might not even play a ton if they do trade down. But I'm looking nine isn't the best spot to really trade out of now. I think Darnold, Rose, and Mayfield Allen all go top six, and then if it's Mason Rudolph or Lamar Jackson, you like I don't think you want to trade up for either of those two. So the Niners are going to have to kind of hope if they don't like Minka that someone else really does. I think Buffalo
1: Buffalo at 12. I think if Josh Allen is still on the board at 12 or somehow Baker Mayfield still on the board, um, I think Buffalo could, or at nine, sorry, Buffalo could move up from 12 to nine and maybe that would allow the 49ers to get, you know, a second or third round pick or whatever. Um, to move back a few spots if they still like a guy, you know, similar to the, the way they they did the Solomon Thomas trade with Chicago last year. That I think that's a possibility. The obviously the flexion point in, in that top ten is going to be Denver, and after signing Case Keenum to that contract, he got are are they going to invest a, a first round pick in a quarterback when they need elsewhere too? I think that's going to be interesting. And if Denver doesn't take a quarterback, then you could start to see teams who like Josh Allen assuming he doesn't go to the Browns, which has been widely speculated, which I think would be crazy. But um, if there's a quarterback still on the board after six, I think teams are going to start to move up. And and if that's the case, I think the 49ers would be in a good spot to
0: trade down.
2: I'm saying big bust on Josh Allen. I, so, you're right. He could fall. Teams just will say his accuracy is just too much. I love the size. He had the high wonder lick or whatever. He's got smarts. Um, he's got that Carson Wentz kind of thing coming from a small school. Maybe didn't have the most impressive resume. I'm I'm out on him. Someone we haven't touched on is Denzel Ward, and I think he's actually the safest pick, even safer than Harold Landry. I'm I'm pretty certain Landry's going to be a stud, but Denzel Ward, his tape is just so solid. He doesn't get burned often. My problem is he's five ten. He's really you're going against everything about this scheme that you get tall corners. Um, you're you're putting a witherspoon off the field, but you're also just saying, Hey, he's a number one corner bottom line. A couple of years from now, when Richard Sherman's old, he's still our number one, a could be our two. We probably have more corners on the roster by then. You're trying to solve a long-term need here. I would be pretty okay with the Denzel Ward pick.
1: Yeah, I think he's a good player. I just don't know that he necessarily fits what they want. That Ohio state runs a ton of man, to man and, and, you know, the Niners play predominantly zone and, and cover three stuff. And I, I agree with you in that. I think Ward is really good. And I know, you know, there are people at the 49ers who really likes Marshawn Lattimore. Um, the Ohio state corner came out last year and ended up being one of the best players at the position last year for the saints, but um, he was bigger. He was six feet and uh, he had a little bit more length. And, and I just, to me looking at Ward, I think he would be a, a slot corner for for the scheme and, and I just don't know with Kawan Williams, with Jimmy Ward already there. I, I don't know the immediate value is necessarily there. And then if you're trying to fit, you know, a square peg in a round hole uh, with him in the scheme, I, I don't know if the value's there. And and I think if you look at the second round, you know, I, I really like Carlton Davis from Alabama from Auburn. Um he's a long arm, I think he's six one, but he's got the the 32 plus inch arms. And then um, Isaiah Oliver from Colorado has, has even longer arms than Akella Witherspoon and, and obviously their former teammates. And I think those guys are better fits in the second round. Um, and you get a guy like that, you can still get, you know, your premium defensive player early who, you know, fits the scheme. Whereas I'm, I'm just not entirely sure Denzel Ward fits and he might be gone by night. I know it sounds like, it sounds like people really like him. So.
2: Chris Biederman, KJ Podcast, great draft discussion going on. Let's pretend the 49ers never got Jimmy Garoppolo. Kirk Cousins somehow didn't pick Kyle Shanahan. If they were picking two right behind the Browns this year, say Sam Darnold goes one, who would you take at two for Kyle Shanahan's scheme? I I would go Josh Rosen. I like the tight window ability with him throwing the football. Obviously, 49ers writers didn't need to study the quarterbacks really this year as much as other positions. So just glossing over the film, I thought Josh Rosen would be the pick. It's fun to play hypotheticals. If the Niners had to pick a QB at two, who would you go with?
1: Yeah, I would go with Rosen too. Um, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, you every all everything you hear and, and read, it's it's Sam Darnold won or Josh Allen won, and and Josh Rosen is even in that discussion. And for me, I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. I think, I think he has the highest ceiling. And I also think he has the highest floor. Um, you know, I, I don't understand where all this stuff about his personality is, is coming from. It sounds like people are concerned that he's too thoughtful about the world, which just seems like a very strange criticism to have even understanding like the nuances of what you do. You have to have intellectual intelligence and like understanding your relationship with receivers and all that. It's not cut and dry and just X's and O's and more to your reads and all that stuff. I think there was that really interesting video with Aaron Rodgers talking to, I forget where it was from, um, Aaron Rodgers talking to to Josh Rosen and just about the nuances of drops and the speedier drops and, and things like that. And, and I look at Rosen and I just think all that personality stuff is, is sort of being blown out of, blown out of proportion. And I also think, um, you know, he, he reminds me just the way he plays like, like Matt Ryan, you know, who Shanahan obviously got to be the MVP in his last year in Atlanta. So yeah, I think the Niners assuming, um, assuming Rosen or assuming Allen or Darnold goes one to the, to the Browns, I think Kyle Shanahan would, would have no problem drafting Rosen. And I think the 49ers would be in a pretty good spot if that were the case, but Um, given that they only had to give up a second round pick for Garoppolo and given they had all that cap space to use on a quarterback contract anyway, I think, uh, they probably got the better end of the deal and and getting Garoppolo with experience in the system, um, any of the experience just in the league in general, I think he's getting him at this point in his career is better than drafting one of these guys early because you still don't know. You don't know for sure if any of these quarterbacks are going to be any good. But if I had my choice of, of any of these four guys, I would definitely take Rosen.
2: Jimmy Garoppolo, good for business, good for this podcast, good for com. The interest in this <laughs> football team is, we don't know what, if they're going to win a championship, but this is the most fun team to talk about in town. We've been doing it for quite a while. Chris has been doing it for years. Knows every player in that locker room really well. Asked thoughtful questions. I like to educate 49ers fans. I believe you do too. I think that running back is still the greater need than receiver. Obviously it depends on the player and and what round here. If they do in the second round, pull a trigger on a receiver or running back, I think, I think they need another running back to go with Jarek McKinnon. They paid him like he's going to be the top dog. Um, I think he's still going to get a lot of touches. I'm a huge Matt Breida fan from day one, but I like the receiving core with Garcon, Goodwin, um, they do eventually need a number one for Garcon because he's going to turn 32. But if we're talking uh, getting the football to someone and making him productive. I, I think Jimmy G's set with receivers. I would go running back in round two if they went skill player. Your thoughts on that philosophy and just what Kyle and John are thinking?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to draft a running back. Shanahan's teams have drafted running backs. Six of the last seven years i think the only time they didn't was 2016 after they after they took kevin coleman after 2015 when they already had Devonte freeman um i'm of the mind that they could use uh, a bigger back i know you know kyle shanahan doesn't necessarily believe that smaller backs are any less durable than uh, than bigger backs and and i i guess i can see the point that he's making is that any anybody can get hurt Carlos Hyde you know was 235 pounds and was and was you know getting hurt a lot his first three seasons so but I, I think you know if they do go running back this is definitely a good class to do it in in the second round I think if, if Nick Chubb the Georgia running back is still available I think he would be a really good complement to Jarek McKinnon and Matt Breida he's he's close to 230 pounds I think but he tested like a guy who's 15 pounds lighter um if you're into spark scores and all that stuff I think he was second in the class behind um behind Saquon Barkley just in terms of physical skills and all the 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 numbers from the scouting combine so I think his speed and his size and just you watch him run he's a really good short yardage back and and they need to get better in the red zone that's that's really the only area they didn't improve on statistically with, with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback over those last five games, they were a little bit worse in the red zone overall. And and some of that's because they went over five in Garoppolo's first game in Chicago, but um, they, they still need red zone weapons and, and McKinnon might be that guy, but you, I think at some point you do want a guy, you know, when it's, if, if it's fourth and half a yard in the fourth quarter and, and you're near the goal line and you need something is, is McKinnon going to be the guy you want? Or are you going to want a more physical, big guy uh, that you can count on to, to get those touches? And I don't think Kyle Juszczyk is that type of fullback. So I think someone like Nick Chubb would would make a ton of sense. There are other guys, too. Um, Royce Freeman from Oregon, I think, could probably be had in the third or fourth round. Um, I think Kalen Bellage from Arizona State, another Pac-12 guy uh, who's big and fast. Um, so those guys would make sense, but it, it also wouldn't surprise me if Shanahan just brought in another, another little guy <laughs> later in the draft.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was stunned. They didn't sign Taylor Gabriel, just be like, oh, we have the cap room. We need another five nine guy. Kyle loves that. They do make cornerbacks uncomfortable. Yeah. Even with the running backs too, even with the whole line, it, Chris, it's like a weird theme. You should write like a long piece on that. Kyle Shanahan likes little football players really at every position besides quarterback Takeaways from this podcast, Harold Landry, we're both in on. He's going to provide edge rushing. Maybe he's not a three-down player, but it's just it's so important. The 49ers don't have it. He actually could be a star. Um, Denzel Ward, I think it could be good. Chris thinks it's maybe not a scheme fit. Minka Fitzpatrick, I think he's he's a strong safety, to be honest. I think he plays well there. Um, Chris has him as a slot corner, maybe free safety. Listen, this is a guessing game, even for these teams, guys. It could be Roquan Smith. He he's probably the safest and makes the most sense. Um, great draft discussion, Chris. Love getting your thoughts.
1: The the one the one thing I keep going back to and just doing that, going back through Shanahan's draft history. I, I'm curious to see if he stays with the pattern um, that even he kept last season, which was you know defense first two rounds. And then offense in, you know, the third and fourth round. And then, you know, maybe a crapshoot in the later rounds. But I'm thinking that they go, if I I had a gun to my head, I would say defense in the first two rounds with probably one of those long arm corners in round two. And then picking up, finding guys that, that they think are maybe undervalued in the third or fourth round whether it's at tight end or receiver or running back. And and those are guys I'm going to be diving into a little bit later as the draft approaches. But I mean, they might also try to find a guard in the second round, <laughs> you know, they might, they might, they had a visit with Iowa center, James Daniels, who would be a really good fit for them. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see if, if Shanahan sticks with that trend and it would make sense to, just with the way the first round's shaping up with all those defensive guys that could be there at number nine. Um, but yeah, I would say defense versus two picks and then offense in the middle rounds, just as a guess based on his history.
2: Yeah, no, I'll go defense round one. I I'm leaning more towards O-line round two. And we talk about his history. Joel Batonio was a guy that he stood on the table for Mike Pettin trusted him. Ray Farmer, the GM in Cleveland at the time trusted him. He had a first round grade on Joel Batonio. He's made the Pro Bowl last year. Just got a $51 million extension. Could be a a tackle a- that they draft there that that's, they try a guard. I would rather have an O in there than another long arm corner who's what competing with Akilah Witherspoon. You already have depth, yeah. But you're you're right. You're letting Jimmy Ward go. I, I could see the corner too, but I'm I'm starting to lean O line with that last or that second pick. Forty ers one of the most fun teams in the NFL. All of a sudden, Chris Biederman, one of the best writers content creators covering them. Appreciate your time, bros. Great catching up. This is the draft expert. This yeah, man. Is, This is the guy you want to be following up until April 26 and beyond. Um, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Chris Biederman. Absolutely love his perspective. He's become one of the most valuable reporters in that room, covering the team a different way, bringing in Rob Loder, Jared Brown, some really talented guys on the Niners wire staff. KJ Podcast, Meetup, Draft Podcast, April 26th, live for the first round. It's going to be at Pete's Sports Bar in North Beach, right next to Golden Boy Pizza, Green Green Street or Green Avenue. Pete's, happy to partner with them, 49ers fans in San Francisco, coming to the city for the draft. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun discussions I'm gonna try and bring some prizes if I can afford it on my budget in this city. KJ Podcast, we're delivering 49ers analysis. Absolutely gorgeous day in San Francisco, get outside. By the way, Bird, electric Razor, scooters, you're gonna start seeing them in San Francisco, San Jose. These things are toys for adults, it's so fun. I just got back from Safeway, Birded to get some groceries, any trip, less than two miles as long as there's no crazy hills just get on a bird and go costs like 15 cents a minute they're not even sponsoring this podcast I'm just letting you know Bird is about to be a huge company like Uber Lyft I'm all in if you're in a city you're going to start seeing these things everywhere they're rolling them out in 50 cities by the end of 2018 KJ podcast plug in companies maybe we'll start giving you stock prices soon We'll talk to you again. NFL Draft, Well, I'm I'm pretty much locked in. Harold Landry is my guy. I'd be okay with some of the others. And I'm starting to think O-linemen for round two makes a ton of sense. Those are your big takeaways. We'll talk to you again next week. KJ Podcast, we're out.